Hi everyone, it's Tuesday again and today we have with us the Australian editor of The Socialist, Chloe Reid. Hi Chloe. Hi Maria, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. That's good. Kind of getting into a rhythm now, aren't we, with these podcasts? We are. Tuesday comes really quickly. It does. But socialists have got so many things that they do every week. So I think it's really important that people hear about it so they can look out for it. That's great. And actually, you kind of don't think about it until you do something like this and then you realise, oh, we've got this. Oh, I should talk about that. You know, like it just, when you're in the normal rhythm of things, they just, it almost passes you by. So it's lovely to speak about it every week with you. And it's really good because it keeps our listeners up to date. So what's first up? So I thought I would just talk a bit about the reaction that we've had to our sewing protective, personal protective equipment post. So I talked about this a bit last week and said, not that we were worried about it, but that it was one that might be controversial because there's obviously been a lot of people who've been sewing PPE for charities and for hospitals. But our post explores how some people are feeling about it and some people are very into it and doing it as much as they can and others are feeling like this is my time and my money and that the way that they're being asked to do it or who they're being asked to do it for who benefits from it and maybe challenging them a bit especially in places like the United States where you've got a fair few hospitals that are for profit and they've been laying off staff while at the same time asking people to sew PPE. And so when you put out a post like that, you always kind of think through whether anybody will take it the wrong way, whether anybody will think it's mean-spirited, whether anybody will be will feel like they're being criticised for sewing it. And we had literally none of that reaction at all. Nobody misinterpreted our post as anything other than exploring the feelings that people are having about it. Mm-hmm. And there was a, just a beautiful sequence of comments that said thank you for this post I've been feeling bad and now I'm not thank you for this post I'm sewing PPE but not everybody should have to and people shouldn't feel that they have to you know like everybody from the people who are doing it to the people who have said uh-uh, I'm not going there were kind of kind to each other and respectful and were supportive of those who are doing it and supportive of those who are not so it's like the perfect expression of how our community really works. That is a really good thing to hear because you see things and they're the things that you remember. But when, you know, as you've said, all the comments that you've got around the article were kind comments and really respectful ones. And that's what our community's like. Yeah, exactly. And there are people who are being made to feel bad by not actually other sewists, but people who are saying things like, well, I hope you're donating all this, or who are accusing them of being mercenary because they're selling masks. But actually, they're people whose livelihoods have been affected by the close down and so they feel like they've got a double kind of benefit in doing this one is they're helping the other is that they can actually try and feed themselves and their family during this time so I think a lot of people felt quite supported by the post which is just really fantastic and it is important that if people are struggling and they find something that they can help the community with and being able to survive that's really important to know and to support yeah that's right And on a lighter note, there were a few comments of people who've had to take a deep breath and give away some fabric that they really wanted to hold on to. So uh, it's Oh, oh, it's really good to hear that all the thought that went behind that blog post has really paid off then. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, I think at this time, sometimes just recognising people's feelings about something and that they're not one or the other, right? They're complicated feelings. I want to do this, Mm. but at the same time I'm cross that I'm being asked to do this because the government should be doing it. All of those feelings are perfectly legitimate and they can be quite contrary to each other and still remain 
your feelings about something. So it, it was a good reaction and a really nuanced reaction, I thought. Excellent. Coming up this week, one of the posts that we've got almost kind of continues on the COVID theme. It's not deliberately COVID-related, uh, but our founder, Gillian from Crafting a Rainbow, has a post on sewing for getting fatter. Mm -hmm. uh, given that we're all in isolation, uh, eating large volumes of homemade bread, in my case, uh, that could be quite a timely post for some people. Same here. We've got quite a few snacks around the house that we normally wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually, I, I, I have to say, I find I eat more healthily in this circumstance because having a bit more time at home means I cook more from scratch. We have more kind of the two of us at home as adults and then the two kids. So there's more salads being made. Whereas if you're just on your own, you might go, oh, well, I'll just grab this or I'll just grab that. So mm. for me, it's kind of the opposite, but there is a lot of bread. So one of the things I like about this post is Jillian's very open about her body and the way that she views it and the terms that she uses. So she starts by saying, fat is my word that I use for me. She uses fat and curvy. And then she talks about how rather than being kind of confronted that she increases in size by some amount, she says pretty much every year, She's thinking about the ways that she can sew to accommodate that. She's thinking about the kind of tips and tricks she uses to make sure she gets as much life out of the makes that the things that she sews. And so they're good tips to share with people regardless, because a lot of people change shape across their lives for various reasons. So they work in lots of circumstances. And even just going from summer to winter and then back to summer, you know, that's a change in size for a lot of people. It is for me. So I'm really looking forward to reading what Gillian's got to say. And then we've also got a post that's quite interesting, one of our Who We Are series, which is about people who have done a, like a textile course or a, something to do with sewing, dressmaking, tailoring at the kind of university level. Both of them now actually work in sewing-related jobs. And basically they're talking about how the process of studying changed their sewing and how they think about sewing. Okay, that'll yeah. be interesting. So that's got, as I said, two people. One of them, I think, is now a costume maker, which is kind of interesting. And the other one, I think, works at Mark Jacobs. They're both kind of in the industry, but their reflections on what it meant to learn about sewing and about textile production is quite interesting. Okay, so they've gone down the path of doing this as a full-time job rather than just a hobby. Yeah, that's right. It must be quite interesting, I think, in terms of just how much you decide then to sew for yourself, right? As opposed to sewing all day at work or thinking about sewing or design all day at work. And then wanting to come home and relax. Do you relax by sewing or don't you? I watch a lot of chef shows on Netflix and loads of those, the chefs are like, we, I never cook at home. I do virtually nothing. And their husbands or wives are there saying, yeah, I thought it would be great married to a chef, but actually I do most of the cooking. So. <laughs> That's really good. Okay. And then the final post that we've got coming up in the week ahead is one from me on what we're going to do in May. So I talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we spoke. Yes. We were talking about whether we would revisit things that we've done before, like older theme months and things. And actually, when I planned out May, I realized there is the same number of posts uh, as there have been theme months since we started up with kind of a top and tail. Each post in May essentially will be about one of the theme months that we've had since we started Socialists Back Up again, well, since Gillian started it back up. And there's a few guest posts, hopefully. There are some that are kind of like a touch base and update since the theme month. There's a couple that are about audience participation, you know, like what do you do? Tell us about your tried and true patterns or what have you. 
something to look forward to. He made me as well, I think, is running again, but is again a, like a lightweight version. So, yeah, I got really excited when I saw that Zoe had put out that she's going to do Me Made May. So that'll be interesting to watch out for. So that's what we've got coming up this week. Sounds like a full agenda. It does, as always. Thank you, Chloe, for keeping our listeners up to date with all the resources the Socialist team provides the sewing community with each week. On our website, seworganisedstyle.com, you'll find a dedicated Socialist Daily Podcast post. The Socialist Post has all the podcasts brought to us by Chloe Reed and the Socialist team. Each podcast contains links to all the Socialist blog posts you hear about every week. Tomorrow's podcast will be the full Tommy Transit podcast we gave you a snippet of last week. We hope you conquer Tuesday again this week. Be well, everyone.